0: Hello everybody and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the one man low council. Happy Tuesday and welcome to episode 239 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast because yes indeed this show is uploaded as a podcast usually every night after the show sometimes the next day depending on how things are going around the house. But it's crazy to think we've now done 239 episodes, and that's only since I started actually numbering the shows. There are many live streams previous to the starting of the numbering, but anyway, thank you for those that have been around since the very beginning. Thank you to those that are been around since the middle, and of course, thank you to everyone who might be brand new to the channel As well, And because it is a podcast, it reminds me, I need to give a shout out to Toph Morris, who is still a $5 backer over on Anchor.fm. So thank you very much, Toph, for supporting this show as a podcast. And if you want to support as a podcast as well, go check out the show at Anchor.fm. You should have a link in the description to find out how to follow it on all of your majoring, majoring of all your major podcasting platforms. Let's say hello to everyone that is in the chat Thank you very much for being here again. Let's see, no one over on D Live yet, but we got tons of people watching so far on the YouTube's. We got Tina B. What's going on? Oh no, she's got issues going on with the Chromebook. We got Snorta Poopus who's a member, says, "How old humans and other quitters? What's going on, Snorta We got the Wake Down. Very happy to have you here, the Wake Down. Um, and yeah, I saw that your comment on Twitter. ...about how you were not confident in getting a notification about the show. So there's actually two ways to get around that. One, I stream every Tuesday and every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's my schedule, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. There are rare exceptions where I have to cancel shows because of usually family coming in town, so for very good reason to have to cancel shows. Very, very, very rarely, even more rarely than that, there are technical issues that push the show past... It's 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's one way to keep up with it. The other is, of course, to follow on social media platforms. Actually, there's three. You can follow me on social media platforms because I post the links to the live streams on Twitter, on Minds, on Gab, and on Parler. So I post to all of those various social media platforms, whichever one you prefer and use. It should be posted there. And if you want probably the easiest solution and you want to actually get notified, if you join the Discord server... So if you join the Discord server, and I think I might actually have a link to that save. No, I do not have a link to that save. But uh, one of my Valks should be able to get you a link if they can't. Um, Valks, just let me know in the regular chat, and I'll be able to get one. But if you join the Discord server, there's actually a live stream dedicated channel. And it notifies every single person in the server whenever I go live. And it gives you a direct YouTube link that you can use. So all different ways that you can access the stream. Uh, Let us see who else is here. We got Andrew Hoyle. What's going on, Andrew Hoyle? Glad to have you back in the chat. Yeah, YouTube definitely has been acting quite funky. Um, There's been a lot of documentation about how they've been removing likes, which of course is going to disrupt engagement on videos, which is going to affect many YouTubers' bottom line. And so therefore, I am very much against that. Um, I typically don't have that issue because we are a very small community here, which is how I like it. But I do feel bad because some of these larger channels that are trying to, you know, keep on growing, right, and have that perpetual growth, they get impacted by this, right? They're, you know, many of them are are doing this as their main job, right? I'm, I'm someone where I'm, you know, thank God I'm lucky enough to have a full-time job where I'm able to actually do this for fun. I'm able to do this on the side and, and do it for fun. But there are people I know who, who do this, right? Many people in the Phantom Menace, many people on Friday Night Tights who do this as their full-time job. And so for YouTube to, to play around with the likes and to therefore play around with the engagement and I would argue play around with the algorithm to impact their ability to get to not only their current subscriber base but also to get to new subscriber bases is awful and I think is a violation of the very principles and a violation of the very terms of use that they love to shove down creators' throats, but they themselves are not willing to uphold and stand up for their very selves. And they love to make up excuses saying, oh, it's just correcting it, and it, it gets rid of fake likes and fake engagement, which, again, is just code for, no, you're just being ridiculous, and you have an issue, and you don't want to fix it. That's, that's, of course, what's going on here. And also, we know that you're targeting certain channels because of certain political beliefs right there's a reason why the white house channels dislikes are vastly disappearing where on other channels that are getting a lot of likes that the likes are disappearing makes very little sense that you would have likes disappear on the vast majority of content videos but then on the white house's page it's only the dislikes that are impacted in large quantities Seems like whatever algorithm, algorithm you might have might be specialized in a uh, biased way, in a political way, one could say. Hey, look at that. What a ray. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop. Uh, Bryant Barth in the chat, hail to you. Glad to have you here. Golden Ration, what is going on? He says, evening, good evening to you. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. He's a member on the channel. He is also our chaplain. He is the chaplain of the OMB Reviews channel. We got Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member in the chat. Hail to you. We got Rosie g 12 Hail to you, g 12 And thank you for sending me this Blu-ray copy of Lost in Translation. Have not had a chance to watch it yet, but I have uploaded it onto the Plex server, and I cannot wait to check it out. Thank you again. Brian Barth says, what do you think of Guillermo del Toro? He has lots of unrealized projects. I both like and dislike him. There's some things that I've liked from him, but then he also made things like The Shape of Water, which I vehemently despise. So, <laughs> take, take that for what you will. Anyway. um, Let us see. We got Tina B, as I mentioned, the Empress of the Universe, one of my Valks, holding down the fort. Steph typically is a little bit late. She is our general of the Valks, but she, of course, works on Tuesdays, so take your time. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, whatever YouTube did to remove the Biden dislikes messed up the apps. When I hit the like button while on the iPhone and then scroll down, the like disappears. You know what? I kind of wonder, and obviously this is more of a, my, putting my conspiracy theory hat on because I don't know how the algorithm really works. I, I don't know how YouTube's system works. But what I do know is that they are indeed removing dislikes. And could it be that they tried to do that and in doing so messed up their system and that is why the likes are disappearing? I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I would say probably not. Again, I I typically don't like to dive into the conspiracy territory, typically. And so I feel like it probably is just them playing around Um, with things because remember too that we're talking about a company that's a part of a large group of companies that are trying to get rid of things like like and dislike and so or at the very least to get rid of things like dislike and so something tells me it's probably has more to do with them preparing for that or playing around with that than anything else because I want to say isn't it YouTube that for some people, has already gotten rid of the dislike button. Like, if if on certain people's ends, if you watch videos, the dislike button has disappeared. I remember that some major tech company was playing around with that. I can't remember if that was YouTube or not, but that could be a reason why as well they're having issues. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's just because of, of what's going on with the White House page. But I would say it's all a part of just the overall bias that is a part of this platform. Uh, Pat S., what's going on? He's a member. Hail to you. Glad to have you back. Uh, let's see. Sort of Poopa says, I used to go to a music store to buy my records. And the guts of dead 8-tracks in the parking lot convinced me not to buy any. Wow. Uh, we do got a, a, a super chat coming in early from your Muslim uncle. Your Muslim uncle, hail to you. He says, hail, brother, and happy Ramadan to you in chat. God bless you all with an increase in faith, blessings, and peace. Well, God bless you, brother. Appreciate your support. Appreciate you supporting the channel. And uh thank you again for being here. The Kingslayer has a question. Godfather one or two? I actually prefer Godfather two because I like how it, it starts. There's like moments where it starts with the family, but then it also shows you the origin point. I like the the the, the scenes and the storyline with De Niro as the younger uh, Don, and so I actually prefer Godfather 2. However, I still think Godfather 1 is an excellent movie as well, and I think that, that is a, uh, that's a duo of movies where depending on the time of day or year or how close one has seen one of those movies, I think that a lot of people could go in either direction with that and could even, could even change their minds. But at this point in time, I would actually say Godfather Part 2. Brian Barr says, who do you think will win Best Actor, Anthony Hopkins or Chadwick Boseman? Well, Bryant, I don't care about the Oscars. The Oscars are meaningless. The Oscars have been meaningless for a long time now. They're woke garbage fest, and they mean nothing. So if either of them happens to win the Oscar for Best Actor, it will mean nothing. And it's sad. It's sad that it's come to the point now where they're meaningless. Um, so honestly, if I had to choose who the Academy is going to go with, they're going to go with Chadwick Boseman. Uh, We saw something similar happen back in 2008, 2009 uh, with Heath Ledger, right? They gave the posthumous Oscar to uh, to Heath Ledger. The difference in this case, though, is that that was done because his was the best performance in the best supporting actor category of that year. Whereas with Chadwick Boseman, I think he's a talented guy. I think he's a talented actor. But if you're going to tell me that in the age of BLM and in the age of identity politics that we currently live in, that that is not going to be a driving factor for the votes for him. I mean, I, I would be lying if I told you that I didn't think that was going to have an impact. But Because I honestly do think that the modern age and era is going to have an impact on that. I'd be very surprised. I'd be happy if I cared about the Oscars, which I don't. But that's what I think they'll probably end up doing. Forever Sci-Fi says, The only thing the CEO of Apex did wrong was build Mechagodzilla in a populated area. Also, he was just evil. He was just evil for the sake of being evil. Uh, Rob D. with an important question says, Hey, Odin, when is your Raven Awards again? Well, the third annual Raven Awards will be April 25th. April 25th, starting around 8 Eastern time. Maybe a little before 8 Eastern time. uh, Because for those that don't know, the Raven Awards came out as a boycott against the Oscars. And so therefore, it's a way for me to talk about movies and not watch the Oscars. It's also a way for people who used to watch the Oscars to still have something that they could watch, They still have something that they can show support to, talk about their best uh, favorite movies of the year, talk about the worst movies of the year as well. Uh, and that's one, one of the big differences with the Raven Awards is that we also talk about who have been the worst people and the worst movies that have come out this year, as well as other fun categories as well. And so because of that, we go up against the Oscars, And uh, and obviously, if anyone still cares about the Oscars, there are people every year in the chat who are watching and keeping up with different things. And so people will let y'all know if you happen to care about that kind of thing. So you can actually get a bit of both, but you don't have to worry about actually watching any of the nonsensical speeches, which I'm sure this year, especially every year gets worse, is going to be more political than it's ever been before, because that's just what they do. Let's see, Justin Proper. What's going on, Justin Proper? Thank you for the $2 super chat. And he says, happy birthday, Drunk 3PO. Just go with it. Uh, I'm going to assume then that it's not actually his birthday, but happy birthday, Drunk 3PO, you sexy beast. And if you're doing that to like cut that out and to put it into a, a, a compilation, I give you my full, I give you full authority to do so. I give you permission to use my likeness, <laughs> especially for a joke. But if it's not for a joke, I do not. I rescind. Uh, we got the Man in the chat. What's going on? It's the caveman. He says, hello. How's everyone doing? How are you doing? Thirteenth warrior the chat says, hail my fellow Chatsky! Chatsky! It? It's, ooh, man, that was difficult. Um <laughs> Bruce in the chat, Griffin Turbo in the chat, Rockman Raider in the chat, Robert Frey here as well. We got Nathan Slay, Kara Tharp. What's going on, Kara Tharp? She's a member on the channel as well. We got Just Another Red Shirt, hail to you, one of the modrotics over on Nerdrotic. We got Alex McCarthy, or I had to call him, J. Alex McCarthy Jr. saying, Howdy, Odin, how was your day? How's Thor? I'm beat. Started IT training yesterday. Well, I hope the training is going well. Baby Thor is great. Baby Thor just hit six months. Baby Thor just hit six months. So I am uh, very, very happy. He is a big boy. Baby Thor is, and uh, there are some the pretty, pretty cute pictures of him. So he's he's doing great. Let us see here. Um, Alright, chat has jumped on me like it always does, so let me see where the chat left off. No chats have been skipped, which is great, but we do have 71 people watching, so please smash that like button if you don't mind. It really does mean a lot. Still no one over on DLive, so DLive fam, if y'all are watching this on repeat or listening uh, on the repeat or are listening to this as a podcast, I still appreciate your overwhelming support that you've shown this channel. Uh, It's been fun to have a second live stream community to talk to. In addition to the awesome YouTube peeps. And uh, to answer the question, if anyone has to ask it, um, I still do not have access to upload, uh, to do live streams over on uh, Odyssey yet. But as soon as Odyssey live streaming is allowed for my channel, I will definitely be doing live streams over there. My hope is, is that restream will be able to add it to their list of supported channels because if that happens, then I can simultaneously be on Periscope, YouTube, DLive, and Odyssey. If not, I might have to play around with either adding a random extra stream here and there to to, just to show the Odyssey platform some love, or I'll have to maybe make one of the streams an Odyssey night until they expand out. Justin Proper... Dude, come on. Justin Proper, you didn't have to do that, man. Thank you very much for the $50, $50. so a super chat. He says, you made me smile, so here you go. All I request in return is a trip to Cedar Point. Within the next 18 months, you pay entry, I'll pay for food. Uh, Bro, that sounds like a good deal to me. Um, if anyone has not... Followed. I don't do a lot of videos over on Park Hoppen but I have done at least two videos for Park Hopping, and uh, one of them was my list of favorite coasters, and uh, Cedar Point played a major role in that list. It's it's one of my all time favorite parks, and uh, Justin Proper is not too far away from Cedar Point, so he's got a lot more instant access than I do. It'll be a bit of a drive for me, but I'm totally down, man. I am totally down. Uh, the biggest issue, of course, is Baby Thor. Uh, and obviously that's not a bad issue because he's awesome. He's amazing. But as far as being able to travel, it does kind of add in some complications. But uh, he's getting to a point where I imagine pretty soon we'll be able to uh, do things like having, uh, you know, he's about to switch over to formula, which is a big thing uh, because once he's on formula, it, it means that there's less of a need <laughs> for, for Mama to be around as much. Uh, and so therefore that kind of op- that will open up uh, some possibilities for mostly for like babysitting like you know that way me and Freya can you know go out at, at night go see a movie or something like that because then it'll just be uh, hey here's his bottle of formula and you know he, he'll be old enough where he's, he's, he's gotten all of his initial vaccinations things like that so all that good stuff but yeah Justin Proper thank you very much for that super chat man and I'm down because I love Cedar Point the only issue at this point is just finding the time uh, with Baby Thor, because summer, you you know I'm a teacher, so my summer is wide open, and I would love to drive up for like a weekend or something to do that, man. Uh, so yeah, remind me, because as you know, my memory on stream especially is not very good. My, my, my on stream memory is so bad that even just for movie recommendations, I have to write them down, and even when I write them down, I still forget them. That's how bad my on stream memory is. But thank you, Justin Proper. Appreciate it, man. You're awesome. Go subscribe to Justin Proper. He really is awesome. All right, let us see. Who else is in the chats? We got Captain Dean Heiss. What is going on over on D-Life? So we got one of the d Live fam over there. He says, Cedar Point is the bomb. I worked there one summer 36 years ago. Best summer ever. Well, that's awesome, dude. Nice. Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like I would have enjoyed working at a theme park. When I was younger, I really do feel like I would have enjoyed it, but at the same time, I hate the sun. And so I feel like it would have been something where I loved it for having access to the rides, but actually would have hated the on-shift duties because it would just be too much sun for me, I think. Justin Proper, once again... Coming with donations, Justin, you can just leave a comment, man. That's one of the great things about about this, this community, about the Asgardian community, is that if you just tag me using the correct code phrase, which really isn't all that much of a secret code phrase, because it literally types up, yeah, there it is. It says, uh, type Odin question. Um, it highlights for me, and I, I read your question. But if you want to donate, obviously, you're more than welcome to. It definitely helps keep the channel afloat and helps me do things like giveaways, for Patreon members, Subscribestar members, and also even for the general YouTube community and d community as well when I have the time. Uh, but he comes in with another $2.00 super chat saying Thor comes first. That's why I said 18 months. Yes, absolutely. Because by that point, he'll be, oh my goodness, he'll be 20 he'll be two years old. Wow. I don't even want to think about that. It's already crazy to think that he's already half a year old. It's just really honestly insane to think about. It's also been about it's also been over six months since I've gone to see a, a movie in theaters because because of that very reason. So my hope is that once summer hits and theaters start to reopen more and people start to cool down from all of this craziness, that what they're able to do is offer more early showings, um, because that would definitely help me uh, be able to actually go to the theater and watch movies. I really want to see this movie Nobody, but I I don't have an ability to to go and see it and. Anything that's on PVOD is so expensive to the point where it's like, no, that's that's ridiculous. I'm paying for my AMC premiere membership, which is my mistake. Um, but one, I want to support AMC. I want to support the theater chain. That's the only reason why I'm even still paying for it. And two, because at some point, I'm going to make it up. At some point, I'm going to be able to see movies again to some extent uh, at a similar level. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to make that money back. But anyway... Justin Proper comes in with another super chat. Thank you again, Justin. Stop it, man. He says, yeah, but I'd have to wait longer. Keep donos going. Keep donos going. Well, thank you very much, man, for keeping the donations going, man. I, I very much appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Let's see. Who else is in the YouTube chat? We got Mr. Roy. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Godzilla 54 says, "How is your day so far? It is going just fine. Had a day of work. Watched a bit of The Passion of Christ. Great film from 2004 by Mel Gibson. If you've never seen it before, even if you're not a person of faith, it's a pretty powerful movie. Um, And that reminds me. Thank you very much, Godzilla54, for your name. Because we do need to talk about the first item that you saw when you clicked on this live stream. And that is Godzilla versus Kong's box office. So first, let us go over to the numbers. And let us show that it's doing pretty darn well. At this point, at this time, the movie... Let me make that a little bit bigger for y'all. That way y'all can see it a little better. There we go. At this point in time, it's made $70 million domestically, which means that it has potential to make $100 million, though because of a 58% drop from week one to week two domestically, it might be a little bit more difficult, uh, especially when you have films like Mortal Kombat coming out in the next uh, couple weeks. And other films coming out as well. Obviously, most of the big films have indeed been pushed back to either later in the year, later in the summer, or even next year. But um, it still will provide some sense of competition as well. So um, it, it's unknown whether or not the the domestic total will reach more than a, more than a uh, hundred million dollars or not. But it could happen; it could definitely still happen. Uh, the big news, of course, is that international box office, which is at two hundred and eighty eight point six million. But this is one thing that I pointed out in my box office breakdown video that I did the other day. And that's when you look at the numbers. Look at China in comparison to every other country. Now the movie has not come out in Japan and Japan is expected I think to give it around but like between 30 and 50 million dollars, which is nothing to snuff at. But in comparison to China's 165 million, it's nothing. The biggest issue with this though is that Even though the China number is huge, China is the market where studios get the least amount of money in return from, right? Because obviously China is run by a bunch of commies, and those commies like money. And one of the prices that they charge for movies to be shown in their country is the vast majority of the profits. Uh, I believe I read reports, several reports that say that studios typically get around 25% of the box office returns in China. And they only get like limited runs of like four weeks or so uh, if it's an American movie, if it's a Western movie, as they say. And so if they only get 25% of that, again, that's still several million dollars, but it's not anywhere near the 165 million. And when you take that into account, and if these numbers here, which again, 16 million, 15 million are pretty good, what you end up with is a potential for this movie to look pretty successful on paper. But then if you dive further into the math, and again, I can't do this yet because we're still waiting for it to come out in other countries, it's still making money in various marketplaces, but you have the potential where the movie could potentially, at the very least, um, be a money loser and not a money maker. And some people have tried to point out that, well, hey, uh, the studios behind Godzilla vs. Kong are owned by Chinese companies. Okay, that still would mean that the number would have to, and the money would go to the Communist Party of China and the Communist government of China and not to the people that run the studios. So it would still be a loss for them in that way. Now, as I said also in that video, it does get complicated when you try and think about all of the different studios and how much money they put in and how much money they get in return. And those are answers that I just don't have... I, those are questions that I just don't have the answer to, because that is just way too much, uh, way too much information and way too much math for for my own uh, abilities, as it were. But again, go ahead and look it up for yourself. Typically, from China, you get about twenty five percent return from the studios. But let's assume that it makes a lot of money in China, in Japan. It makes a lot of money elsewhere. Continues to make a lot of money and gets to what I project to probably get to around $500 million worldwide. Well, if that holds, let me make this bigger for you as well. This is my handy-dandy box office breakdown chart. You can actually find this over my website, ombreviews.home.blog. I know, it's a mouthful. But if you go over to box office tracking, you'll see this window. And as you can see, it breaks down just some of the numbers for you. And as you can see, Godzilla versus Kong, $357.8 million in its week two, which means that the worst-case scenario... The worst thing that could happen to this movie is that it makes $511 million worldwide, which is a pretty good number. It's a pretty good number on paper. The best this movie could ever do would be around $715 million. Again, also a pretty good number there. When you take into account the budget, meaning how much they actually spent on the movie, including marketing costs, it's around $300 million or so. So when you subtract that from the total, and again, remember, this is based on the fact that studios typically get all around around 60% of the entire box office total, and that all stems from the fact that they get 90% typically of domestic opening weekend numbers from theaters in the first week or two, and then other percentages in other countries which roughly gets us to around the 60% number. And again, obviously, that number can fluctuate from film to film, but when we're talking about standards here, it's easier just to make things simpler. So in general, I use that 60% number, and that's how I, that's how I come up with it. If the numbers hold, then, it means the least amount of profit that Godzilla will make is around $6 million, around $6.6 million, with the largest profit being $129 million. So that's raw profit. So that is, you're subtracting the marketing cost, you're subtracting the production cost, and you're taking the fact that it only gets a 60% cut, and that leads to this. Now, remember also, this does not include any promotions in the film or any other revenue streams, like the HBO Max subscription fee, though some people have been bringing that up way too much. Because remember, that subscription fee is impossible to be able to determine. It's impossible to be able to determine which people sound, signed up for the service knew just to watch Godzilla versus Kong. Because even though you could have HBO Max say, well, we followed the people that signed up. We followed what movies they watched. The first movie they watched was Godzilla versus Kong, and so therefore we assume that's why they signed up. You could potentially also have people who say, oh, I signed up because I get Godzilla versus Kong, and then I also get later in the month, because um, you do it by month. I would also then, at that point, get a uh, film like Mortal Kombat. So, did they sign up for Mortal Kombat, or did they sign up for... So, you see how that creates complications, and also HBO Max is not going to release those numbers anyway, so it's, it's kind of a a pointless thing to bring up in the first place. But because others do bring it up, that that's what I have. But right now, at this point, based on these numbers, Godzilla's at negative 84 million. Now, as I said, I think that by the end of the run, it's going to go into the positive, right? It's, it's going to go into the black, as it were. But as I said, that China problem is a pretty big problem because it's, again, the vast majority of the money made by this movie is from China. And that happens to be the country where they... And by they, I mean studios get the least return on their money. So anyway, those are the box office numbers for Godzilla versus Kong. And during that time, we had uh, ZK-Man, who is celebrating a 15-month sub-streak, rather, sorry, 15-month uh, member streak over on YouTube. So thank you very much for being a member at the Citi- Citizen of Asgardian level for 15 months, man. That's awesome. Thank you. And then Justin Proper comes in with another $10, uh, super chat. Says, I have limited time and disposable income, so what the heck? Two things. One, why should or shouldn't I see Godzilla vs. Kong? Two, rank the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beast movies from worst to best, and why in detail? Wow, I hate you so much, Justin. But anyway, <laughs> I can at least answer that first question in, in some detail. So, Godzilla versus Kong. I am not a fan. I am not a fan because, just like in King of the Monsters, so I don't know if you've seen King of the Monsters or not, but just like in King of the Monsters, it suffers from a very boring human story. Now, there was someone who was a huge proponent of this new movie who tried to defend it, saying, well, the story about the monsters is really compelling and great. And though I would be willing to concede that point, in their long rant defending the movie and going after me... They made no mention of the human story. And I have a problem with that. Because if you look at the runtime and you look at the screen time, the humans, going back to how Snortepupus always introduces himself, the humans dominate the screen time. Dominate the story time then. And their story is awful. Just like in King of the Monsters. Remember, the biggest criticism of King of the Monsters was that the human story was overbearing and bad. That happens here, too. The difference in why I think people like this movie more than King of the Monsters is that I think a lot of people just like the concept of Kong and Godzilla fighting. And it creates a very fun fight atmosphere. You also, have, of course, have introductions to... And I don't really call this spoiler territory because I don't think this is the kind of movie that you can really spoil anything with. But then when you have the introduction of characters like Godzilla. Again, it adds this concept of them having to work together, and people like that. Um, and I think that people who might be fans of the lore, people that might be fans of the of the kaiju lore specifically, I think that they probably are more predisposed to liking this. And again, I could be wrong on that. If you are a kaiju fan, if you are an old school Godzilla Kong fan, um, Titan fan, you know whatever it is. Let me know if you didn't like this like like I didn't like it. But I'm just speaking from an outsider's perspective. I'm looking at it as a movie. And as a movie, I was very underwhelmed because the story was not very good as it was overburdened by a very boring, very poorly put together human story. Um, add to that, I'm, I was impressed by the effects used for Kong. I thought that the effects for Kong were pretty good, especially on the close-ups. But the fighting was just CGI noise, which is typically my response to any time there's any movie with giant CGI things fighting. The only time I think it kind of works is if it's like machinery. I'm not talking about the Transformers movies, by the way, because I do not like those movies. But the one thing that can be said about those movies is that the visual effects are, for the most part, pretty good. It makes it a lot, it's a lot harder in CGI to make living, breathing creatures look more compelling and look more realistic... When you're doing the fighting. And I thought that was another uh, big issue with the movie overall as well. Um, As far as the Harry Potter movies. What I will say is that Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban. Sorry. Prisoner of Azkaban. Probably my favorite of the movies. Because it has that darker tone to it. It's just very unique. It's very kind of wacky in a lot of ways. And I kind of like it for that very reason. My least favorite is easily Fantastic Beast 2. Which is dog crap. Fantastic Beasts 2 is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, anyway, those those are my thoughts, Justin Proper. So thank you again for the super chats. All right, Orange Eye Reviews is here. What's going on? He says, hey, Odin can't stay traveling. Hope you are good and everyone's having a wonderful day. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Orange Eye Reviews, please travel safely. As you said that 32 minutes ago. Again, sometimes I fall 20 to 30 minutes behind. Um, hey, just what happens? Nathan Slade, Titan says, "Do you hope your son grows a beard like Thor has in the MCU when he's an adult?" Um, I hope he has my beard. Simple answer. Uh, CW Trixie, you ever check out Drinkers Take on Thunder Force? It's a good watch for a very obviously bad movie. I've not seen it yet. Uh, I, I don't typically get to watch a lot of Drinkers work, unfortunately. But um, again, nothing against him. It's just that my my time has has been spent elsewhere, and it's hard for me to consume. Um, content from all the channels that I still verbally support. Definitely check out Critical Drinkers channel because he's great. Um, but I guess what? I, I've watched Thunder Force and I'm considering doing a, a review on it. Um, right now, the biggest issue is time and the fact that it means I have to talk about it. But I will say this much it's not a good movie. It's also not the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, there are some people acting like it's like the worst thing since Ghostbusters 2016, and it's not. It's just not very good. and um, and and I wouldn't recommend it' to anybody. So don't get me wrong, it's a bad movie, but I don't think it's as bad as some people are saying. All right, Tina B says, and I'm here. After turning the Chromebook on and off four times, it finally kicked in. I'm looking for a new Chromebook. Uh, yeah, Tina B. I know that there have been a lot of innovations in the Chromebooks in in more recent in like the last couple years. And they actually are running some pretty decent hardware now. Um, so, Tina, let me know which ones you're looking at, what you're looking for, and if there's a way that I can help mitigate some of the cost. if you're looking at one that, that costs a little bit more. I want to take care of my Valk. So let me know. Keep me posted on that. Andrew Hoyle says, join the Discord party. Absolutely join the Discord party. No doubt about it. The wake down says, that's good to know. Been a while since I was on Discord, but I'd be happy to join. Absolutely. We got Greta Zener. What's going on, Greta? Says, hello, Odin and everyone. Well, hello, Greta Zener. How's it going? Uh, Greta finally put up a video the other day. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Um, but go support her. She's awesome. I'm so glad that we supported you on Friday Night Tights that one time because it was awesome just seeing um, everything uh, blowing up over there. Uh, Mike Jackson in the chat, yes, Parler is working now, though I don't really use it all that much. I, I think Parler, and this is something I said even beforehand when Parler was down, it's too late for Parler. Parler was having a meteoric rise, it got its legs cut out from underneath it. Gab was able to really, I think, pick off a lot of the people that were going towards Parler, and I, I don't think they're going to get them back because uh, Gab's infrastructure has has become very, very good They have so many different apps with Gab as well. They just have a lot more going on with Gab than Parler does. So I I think Parler missed their chance, unfortunately. Uh, Justin Proper, thank you for another ten dollars. Super chat says, "I apologize to everyone for causing Odin question to fall behind on the chat." How would you rank Rookie's watch party of the room from zero to one hundred? I would give it a. (laughs) You must be kidding, right? Um, because that's the only rating I can give a watching of The Room. I can't give that that a number. I can't give that a number. Um, it was fun, though. It was fun. If you've not seen uh, The Rookie Critic, check out The Rookie Critic. And also, check out his watch party for The Room. I, I make an appearance. In fact, Baby Thor makes an appearance on that stream as well. So, if you want more motivations, you get to see the back of Baby Thor's head. Um, on that stream that may have been his YouTube debut if I'm not mistaken I think Um, there may have been another video on the channel where I had him in the room and I had to pick him up in the middle of a video and I can't remember if that happened before or after but anyway uh, Baby Thor is featured in that video but it's just so funny to watch someone who is very serious looking at that movie and trying to to figure out what's going on and not realizing the absurdity of what's going on for the first time it was it was pretty great um to hobbit says your thoughts on john flickinger's twitter controversy about falcon and the winter soldier i i don't know what the controversy is i've only followed it briefly because someone said controversy in one of the comments and i'm like for what did he get attacked because he supported the character and thought the character was good and then when he found out that the character had turned evil he i i, I don't understand the controversy let me just put it this way I think John Flickinger is amazing. We're doing a podcast together tomorrow. Uh we do one every couple of weeks for his for his Patreon for my Patreon that also includes SubscribeStar and YouTube members at the $10 level and up. Um and uh, he's my boy. So, I'm sure that it'll come up, but I I don't I don't understand uh the controversy to be honest. Uh Sandy Q, what's going on? Glad to have you back in the chat. Man, I'm so far behind. It's okay. Uh, not Another Dime, thanks for being a member on the channel, says, removing likes isn't very nice. Red Skull. Yeah, the whole Red Skull stuff, man. If anyone doesn't know, Jordan Peterson is apparently, like, the inspiration behind a current run of Captain America as, as the Red Skull. And so what? And what I love, though, I hate it, but I love it because Peterson's been able to monetize that. But what's the best thing is that he's monetizing it for charity. So he's created this whole thing where he's just now a lobster. So instead of it being Hail Hydra, it's now Hail Lobster. And his logo is literally a lobster head. And he's he's selling shirts with it and all the proceeds. 100% of the proceeds are going to charity. Which, again, shows you just how much of an idiot... What what is the guy's name? T- Tatsuhitsi Coates or something, something silly like that. Um, just how stupid that whole attack on him really is, because really it's helping charity. Uh, Pat says I hear if this keeps up, as may have to buy fewer toys this month. Wait a minute. You mean the uh, the lockdowns? I'm confused. May this lay? Are you not a fan of movies with lots of CGI noise? Mostly, no. no, no. You see, here here's the thing. CGI noise is a concept and a term that I use to describe bad CGI, where you have so much CGI on screen, it's just digital noise, and it's messy, and it's confusing, and it's artificial, and it's just terrible. I don't mind movies with tons of CGI, but I do have issue with with CGI noise, when it's done in a way where it just doesn't work cuz I I've, I've mentioned movies on the channel before that have good CGI. One actually was was from this year. Um it was one of it was a film that not a lot of people watched. I was I thought I may have still had it next to me, but I think I finally put it up in my collection. Um uh, Love and Monsters. If you've not seen Love and Monsters, it's a very underrated movie and it had like a 40 million dollar budget or something and the CGI is awesome. It works It's, it's polished, especially on such a low budget for a film like that. And, uh, I praise the CGI in that movie. So yeah, people think I'm anti-CGI. It's like, no, I'm just against bad CGI and CGI. That is just, there's so much of it and so much movement and just, it's so messy that it's just noise. Uh, Bruce says, lost in translation is very good. I've been meaning to rewatch my copy of it. Well, let that be a motivation. Pat S says, "I think when Grandpa Joe says something that upsets both the left and right and middle, that might affect the likes and dislikes too. Just saying, probably." Rosie D twelve, yay, Odin! You will either love or hate loss in translation. Loss in translation. So I'm interested in your take. Never met anyone who said that it's okay. No middle ground. Apparently, well, I would not mind be- <laughs> I would not mind being the exception to that. I-, I love breaking the rules, as it were, in that way. Uh, not another dime. Thank you for being a member for two months at the Citizen of Asgardian level. I appreciate it. Nathan Slay says, Were you ever disturbed by a movie? I've mentioned how um, Jaws forever affected my thoughts on... Forever affected my thoughts on Open Water. I'm still terrified of Open Water because of that movie. Uh, Thursday the Warrior. says, Removing dislikes confuses the AI. Again, I don't understand it. Thursday Warrior says the truth is out there. I agree. Rosie T12 says it's YouTube where you can like or dislike but not see the number. It's already started. Ah, well, there you go. That I think I think that has more to do with it than anything else. Godzilla 54. Who do you think sang better? Hugh Jackman in Les Mis or Gerard Butler in the Phantom of the Opera? Hugh Jackman in Les Mis. That's not even that's not even a competition, man. That's not even close. What would be a closer competition is who sang worse, Gerard Butler in Phantom of the Opera or um, Russell Crowe in Les Mis. I would say Russell Crowe in Les Mis sang sang worse. Um, (laughs) But that would be a closer matchup than who sang better. Hugh Jackman actually has training. Hugh Jackman's actually been on Broadway and is an amazing singer. And it is amazing. He's the only part that I really like about the live action *Les Mis*. If I say live. I say live action. Like like, there's an animated version. There's not. But uh, the musical version of *Les Mis* on film, I guess, would be the best way to say it. The musical. Um, Hugh Jackman's great. Yeah, that's not even a competition. Dadman walking fifty five, hail to you. Glad to have you in the chat. Soul Assassin says, "Have you ever heard a song and ended up going down a music hole, listening to songs you haven't heard in years?" Yes. Um, when I was in college, I listened to a lot of random pop songs. Um, it's a group called the morning of they're still on YouTube the morning of they haven't made a song though in like 10 years or something like that. So they haven't been an active group in a long time, but they had two albums and they're mostly solid. Again, if you like, if you like pop pop rock, then you might enjoy that. But anyway, I totally understand what you're talking about. Pat S says, GF2, Bobby D is in it. Um, GF2? I need context, man. I always need context. And Fierter, who's a member, says, Hail chaps and chapettes, hail to you. Glad to have you back. Greta Zena says, Yeah, I'm really not excited about award season this year. I did watch some of the movies and voted in SAG, but I've barely watched any of the shows. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, again, I've fallen so out of love with all of the crap that they had got going on and all the nonsense that they push pushed forward. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, but no, there are good movies this year. And that's why I like the Raven Awards, because we do talk about the best in movies, too. And though I do sometimes question the judgment of the people that nominate movies, um, we do have some pretty good ones that got nominated. Right? The Gentleman, Amazing Film, got nominated. Mank. Amazing film, got nominated uh, for this year's Raven Awards. Um, oh, what else got nominated? I know, because uh, I know there's there's another one that I have some comments on, but before I get to it, um, uh, Tenet, I personally was a big fan of it, got nominated this year. And then, of course, there were a bunch of people that nominated Silent the Hedgehog, and I understand why it's the last major film that got released before the shutdown, Most of the people that voted don't go to see a lot of movies, and so it's the only one they knew. And obviously, hey, I'm a big fan of Jeff Fowler for him delaying the movie to get the effects right. Okay, So I I get all of that. But to say it's up there with films like Mank and Tenet and The Gentleman and leave off other films, I have some questions. But (laughs) Uh, much love to the fam, though. Anyway. Alright, Bryant Barr says, could you review Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid 1973? Never heard of it, so probably not. Pat S, unless it's Odin's or Saturn Awards, I ain't interested. You wait you watch the Saturn Awards? Is that what? Father says, Ravens at 8 Eastern and Father's Sunday night stream at 7 Eastern, shameless plug. Maybe, Father. Maybe. Snorta says they're showing the Oscars on my birthday. That's so wrong in so many ways. Well, hey, join us here. For the Raven Awards and you'll have a good time. Brightburn1985 says, I love how Francis Ford Coppola acts like the Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone, fixes his third movie. So I have that. I I bought it. And I'm curious to see if it's any better. A lot of people have said it is better than the original Godfather 3. But, yeah, no one has said that it fixes the issues and problems. I think probably because isn't Sofia Coppola still in it and has not had all of her scenes cut? And she is still an abomination on screen, if if, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> anyway, the chat has jumped at me like it always does. Uh, again, please smash the like button if you have not done so already. Uh, what we got? We got 85 people watching, so please smash that like button. It really does mean a lot. Anyway, uh, back to the YouTube chats. Uh, Bryant Barth. Uh, says, I highly recommend the documentary uh, Jurdowski's Dune. I've heard great things about it, but I've never actually seen it. Isn't that on YouTube or something? How X13? Who is your favorite Harry Potter character? I'm torn between Severus Snape and Sirius Black. Um, My favorite Harry Potter character. I think my vision of the Harry Potter universe is forever tainted. Because of a little production company called StarKid Productions. And they're the ones that did a very Potter musical, a very Potter sequel. They did a, a show called Twisted, which is from Jafar's perspective from Aladdin. And he's the good guy and Aladdin's the bad guy. It's very, very funny. They did holy musical Batman. They did a show called Annie and I all about Anakin, which I love. For all, I, I I don't understand why I, I just I love it so much, um, and uh, so because of that, my my perception of the characters is is kind of uh, thwarted in that way. So I would say based on that, my favorite character is probably Dumbledore, but specifically from the Very Potter musical series. Poopa says, "Humans, who wants the?" Hulman's, I agree. Harwick says it seems there are people hired as consultants to wokeify movies. Phoebe Waller Phoebe Waller Bridge and Ava DuVernay, for example. Waller Bridge has now collected Han Solo, James Bond, and Indiana Jones. Yeah, um, the Waller Bridge connection absolutely is one that we should all be very concerned with. Indiana Jones, I know she was cast in that, so she's not just a consultant, but. Because of the way the press release was worded, it made it sound like her vision would be a part of it, which um, seems to indicate that she will have some creative role there. But at this point, all we know for sure is that she's just going to co-star. She is was brought on rather as a consultant and writer on James Bond, so we know that James Bond is definitely going ge- to is definitely going to be impacted. And then Han Solo is that refer- referring just the movie Solo? Um, because again, even with that one, she really only impacted the character of, uh, L337, L337, which was a terrible character that most people hated anyway. So, and, uh, Ava DuVernay, I don't think that she is similar. I don't know of movies that she's been brought on as a consultant for. She directed one of the biggest box office flops of all time. And then I think there's rumors that her movie New Gods is getting pulled. So... Who knows? Pat S. says, Millie Bobby Bowl of Brown. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Stephanie B, what's going on? Glad to have you in the chat, as always. Glad to have you here. Um, Let's see. Justin Proper with two $5 super chats says, Stephanie B and Tina B are beautiful. There, I said it. No one's challenging on that. I mean, that's just a fact of life, Justin Proper. That's just a fact. Uh, He then says, the guys who made Harry Potter musical low-key stole an idea I had, the guy who didn't like musicals, but I don't have a case, at least I don't have to make it. Yes, but I will say this much, if you've not ever seen it, I highly recommend it. The guy who didn't like musicals is a hilarious show. Even my wife, who's not usually a big fan of theirs, loved that show. It's got great music. Michael Martinez, what is going on? He says, hello, how's your day been? It's been good. Jeremy Zukowski in the chat as well. Uh, Kara Tharp says, Harry Potter movies are okay. The books are better. That's My wife is a uh, very loyal, very, very loyal book reader. And so she is a huge fan of the books, but the movies have a special place in her heart, right? Cause we grew up also with the movies and, uh, she was able to go with friends to watch them and, and talk about them and debate over, you know, what was left out and stuff like that. So there's like a special nostalgia there, I think with the movies and watching those kids, of course, grow up on screen. Um, but she has not been a fan of the fantastic beast franchise. The first one she was, she thought it was okay. But even when my wife comes out of a movie and says it was garbage you know there's something wrong. And there's two times where my wife and I have agreed wholeheartedly. Fantastic Beast 2, which both of us believe was garbage, and then Wonder Woman 1984, which was also a movie that she was very, very critical of. Uh, Justin Proper says, No, don't watch it. No, do watch it, Justin Proper. The guy didn't like musicals. is really, really funny. Um, Godzilla 54. I believe Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong were motion capture. Motion capture? What? No. (laughs) I don't know where you heard that from. Uh, General Wingster, what's going on? He's our pet troll. He says, I fail. Mikey Martinez, I've never seen the Harry Potter films. They never really caught my interest. Yeah, they're not for everybody, but they were fun. Uh, Rusty Shackelford says, have you ever seen The Death of Stalin? I watched it the first time. It's my new favorite film. I think I did, and I didn't find it funny because... It's supposed to be a comedy and I, I I just I didn't laugh if it's the movie that I'm thinking of. Yeah, I watched it and just I, I yeah I, it was it's a satire black comedy and some would say, well, maybe you don't like black comedy, but that's also not true. Uh, one of the best black comedies of all time is a great film called In Bruges. If you've never seen in Bruges, we can no longer be friends. Or rather, if you've never seen it and you're not willing to watch it, we can no longer be friends. So, In Bruges is a great black comedy. Death of Stalin, I didn't find funny at all. I was very bored by it. Hardwick says, I was invested in the human story in Godzilla vs. King of the Monsters because, A, I'm a Kyle Chandler fan, and B, I like the concept of someone who lost a son to Godzilla having to help him. Yeah, and again, to each their own. I just think that a lot of us definitely are not on that side of the fence. That S says, sweet. I don't know what to. Uh, the hunger, chonky, funky monkey. What's going on, good sir? Hi, X13 says, after seeing that Baby Puff commercial with Paul Rudd, I really hope Ghostbusters afterlife is good. Looks promising. Yeah, actually, I, even though I've seen the Baby uh, uh, Stay Puff commercial... I've seen that part of it because of uh, Perry Chan. All hail Perry Chan of Friday Night Tights. I have not actually seen the new trailer. And I kind of don't want to watch it, to be honest. I, I want my intrigue to remain heightened after the first teaser trailer that we got months ago. Uh, let's see. Marby Dog, what's going on? Godzilla 54 says, who in your opinion sang better? Hugh Jackman? um, Godzilla 54, please do not repeat questions there's one thing that drives me nuts it's repeat questions so assume that your question was read unless I say hey comments were skipped from this time on but if you've ever left the chat at any point don't repeat the question I get to all the questions I can and that's why I, I hate always having to spend time repeating questions anyway Stephanie B says hey chief hope all is well with you hope you're doing well Stephanie B Forever Sci-Fi says, "Am I the only one who thinks Kyle Chandler is just a de-aged Ron Livingston?" Um, who is Ron Livingston? Let me see if I can put a face to the name. I don't. I see I can see where there is a connection. No, I can see the similarity. I don't know if I would say de-aged, but I can definitely see the similarity, that's for sure. Yeah. Interesting. I never knew that. <laughs> Andrew Hoyle says, Oh, hi, Mark. Exactly. Pat I says, Cool, Tina. Okay, talking to Tina there. Super says, Hey, oh, sorry, I'm late. I was doing something. Well, I hope it was important. You're missing this. I hope it was important. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank y'all all for being here once again. So please be sure to smash the like button. 75 people still watching. Super Anime Gamer says, Haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong, but in concept, I agree. If you have to have humans, they need to be decent. King of the Monsters had an incredible score, great visuals, etc., but the script was painful. And I would also disagree on the visuals part. Again, I think that some of the concepts of the visuals were, were well designed, but I think the execution with all the monsters on screen together at the same time, it was a CGI fest. Was not, was not much of a fan of it. None of the Dime says, mm, makes me want melted butter and seafood. I, I don't know what I said to, to to make you think that. The Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What's going on? The Cheese Factor. What's going on? Cobra Viper 999. Welcome back. Stone Dog. What is going on? Michael Martinez says, CGI can be done really well, but a lot of it is just a mess. I agree. Absolutely agree. Super says... And do you want to know something even better about the whole Peterson Red Skull thing? So far, that merch has grossed $50,000 for charity. That Captain America comic sold 15,000 orders. That is amazing. Yeah, I think that means, because I I don't know what issues are going for these days, but I'm pretty sure that means that Peterson has made more money for charity than Captain America has made for profit. (laughs) That's just amazing. That's, That's fantastic. X 13, Black Panther CGI is still a masterpiece along with Rampage. Oh, no, no, no. Black Panther CGI is trash. X 13, you got to be joking. you got to be joking. Uh, Rampage is actually not as bad. Rampage is actually, it's not good, but at least it's passable. But you got to be joking about Black Panther, man. The end, the end CGI with them falling and fighting is terrible. Tina B says, that dude who mocked Jordan Peterson is the same guy J.J. Abrams hired to write the new Superman in the J.J. D.C.E.U. He also wished death on 9-11 first responders. Yep, the dude is um, probably evil. I don't like to say people are evil, but he probably at the very least needs a lot of prayers. As McCarthy says, loved loving monsters, given an A+. Yeah, I think I gave it a solid A. It's very solid for sure. Hardwick says, I wonder if the Monsterverse movies will ever get into what the Titans' religious beliefs are. I've always wondered if Godzilla is an orthodox kaiju. (laughs) You see, it's that kind of storytelling that might pique my interest, but (laughs) could you imagine if Godzilla had a religion? That'd be weird. (laughs) Uh, All right, Godzilla 54 says, rank worst to best Terminator. Well, the only. Okay, so mm, Terminator 2 is the best by far. I know there are some people, and I think there's people actually that even follow the channel who are diehard Terminator 1 fans. I'm sorry. Terminator 2 is just a better movie. It's an action film. its It's got some of the best action sequences of all time. It's got an amazing story. It's got some of the best scenes with Arnold as the Terminator of all time. It's just got so much going for it. So Terminator 2 easily is the best. Then I would go Terminator 1. At that point, I'd probably actually go Terminator Salvation um, as the third favorite. Then Terminator 3. And then after that, I don't care. (laughs) After that point, they can all go to hell um, would be my thought on that. Hypernext 13, if Jaws made you scared of open water, is there a movie that made you scared of the woods? Um, not really, because there are already so many creepy things in the woods to be afraid of. Like, I hate spiders. I know that arachnophobia, the movie, didn't help with my fear of spiders, but it did not cause my fear of spiders, if that makes any sense. Forever Sci-Fi says, Hey now, Animaniacs did a great version of Les Mis. Animaniacs is just fantastic, though. Father Christopher Miller says, I once destroyed the manly Wolverine image that a lot of my students once had of Hugh Jackman by showing a clip of him from the boy from Oz. They didn't know he was a singer. Anyway, that was fun. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's funny how everyone knows Hugh Jackman as the badass Wolverine, but because I've been a theater kid most of my life, I knew him in both in both worlds, and so it is funny how a lot of people had no idea that he could sing, and that he'd been on Broadway, and that he sang and danced. Uh, Super says, Coates also manages to make everything about himself. Advocates for reparations, routinely implies that he is very racist, and charges $60,000 for speaking events a real winner. Yeah, the dude sounds like a tool who needs prayers. Tina B. No, Les Mis the movie sucked too. The director should never be allowed near another musical. He did Cats. Let that soak in, Odin. I discussed this on The Chosen. Um, But you see, that's a reason to want him to have to make another movie. Because, as we all know, Tina, Cats is a masterpiece. And I know that Justin Proper will agree with me in the chat that Cats is a masterpiece. Cats is the movie that we deserved. Cats was the better As it came out on the same day as Star Wars, Cats was the better movie. And uh, I will defend Cats until there's no voice left to speak. (laughs) And actually, I'll be honest, Les Mis the movie, uh, the musical movie, was actually not a terrible movie. It actually wasn't a terrible movie. He made a lot of really bad casting choices. I think that that was his biggest flaw. But the concept of having the actors sing live on screen was actually a really cool concept. I personally thought it worked for a lot of the actors. But I think that, I think that movie suffered more from casting than anything else. Uh, Godzilla says, who are your top three favorite Phantoms? Mine would be Michael Crawford, then Gerard, and then Raymond Karim, Karimloo. Wait, Gerard Butler is, is in your top three? Wait, Godzilla, did you really put Gerard Butler who's not a trained singer and didn't do that great of a job over Michael Crawford. Don't get me wrong. I'm not actually a big fan of Michael Crawford's tone. I actually don't like his tone to be the phantom. I, I think that the phantom should have a darker tone, which Gerard Butler has, but I'm not going to ever say that Michael Crawford is not as, is, is not as good of a singer as Gerard Butler. I will never even ever say that. You crazy. I actually don't know enough about uh, the history of the phantom, um, of people who have sang and played the role. diamondwalky Five says, Jaws did affect my view on the beach when I was a kid, but what was the worst was the Trilogy of Terror, which had three segments, and one was Possessed Tiki Doll on ABC. How did they get to show it then? I don't know, man. Possessed Tiki Doll, that sounds terrifying. It's kind of like Talking Tina, and um, what's it called? Uh, Talking Tina on Twilight Zone. Ah, my name's Talking Tina. And I don't like you very much, I'm terrified of dolls, etc. <laughs> All right. Please be sure to smash the like button as the chat has jumped on me once again. Uh, luckily, it looks like some comments may have been skipped. So it's 747 in the chat. So if you had a comment between when I left off and 747, you may need to post it again. However, if you left the stream at any point, I would argue not to say anything, just because there's a good chance that I read your comment anyway. All right, Hardwick says, I find the messaging in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier despicable. They're portraying a globalist commie terrorist as noble, Sam even keeps defending her, and a patriotic patriotic, patriotic soldier as unhinged. Yeah, seriously. It's it's crazy to me that they actually frame the new Captain America as a crazy villain for killing someone out of anger and out of revenge for killing his friend that they say he is worse than a young little girl terrorist who blew up a building knowing there were innocent people still inside. So, again... I don't think either action is good, as I am not for violence, and I think they're both immoral actions, but moral actions themselves have weight to them, and if you're going to tell me that it is worse to kill someone out of revenge and anger, which is still bad for the record, but if you're going to tell me that that's worse than blowing up a building with innocent people inside and killing multiple people in the building and injuring multiple more, I'm sorry, but you are not the kind of person I want to be friends with. (laughs) It's like, I totally agree. Yeah, the messaging in Falcon and Winter Soldier is awful. Again, it started off compelling, right? Showing this flag smasher group, Showing them to be terrorists, but now they're trying to justify the terrorism. They're trying to make them not the bad guys, and for make and trying to say, hey, just forget that they killed innocent people. No, that's ridiculous. Uh, Father says Godfather Coda is better, but it still has the creepy incest backstory. But on the bright side, she still dies. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That's just how it goes sometimes. Michael Martinez. Do you think there will be a billion-dollar film this year, depending on how the coup situation goes? I think we might have one around the end of the year. I do not. I do not think we'll have a billion-dollar film, uh, mostly because of the domestic marketplace, if I'm being honest. I don't think the domestic marketplace is going to get even close. Because there are some theaters in some parts of the country that are doing really well now, but there are so many others that have either have to close or are not doing very well. So, I mean, again, going to Godzilla versus Kong, $70 million domestically for the pandemic era is pretty good. But as I said, it's gotten to the point where it's slowing down, right? It's, it's already lost half over half week one to week two, which is pretty normal for a movie of this size, but typically they would have made more money in that opening weekend. So they would have more by the end of their run domestically. But no, um, I don't think that there will be a billion dollar movie, and I think a lot of that will be because the domestic market will not um, will not show up. Rosie D twelve, mm, Odin, do you know Sofia Coppola directed Lost in Translation? Right, don't worry, she doesn't act in it. Yes, Rosie D twelve, I, I understand that her act, her directing ability and writing ability is apparently a lot better than her acting ability. Hardwick says, I bet that by the end of Falconer soldier, they're going to have Sam and Bucky team up with Enfist Nest to take out John Walker. Oh, yes. I, I think absolutely they're going to have some type of complete redemption arc for the little terrorist. Um, and uh, remember, at one point it was told to her, I didn't think anyone could be Captain America until I met you talking to the little terrorist girl. And that, that was the guy, I think that was the guy who ended up getting killed in the last episode. So, they've already laid that foundation. And the justification, I guarantee you, will be, well, hey, Bucky, you have a pretty bad past too. Difference, of course, being he was brainwashed <laughs> to, to do those things. He didn't want to do those things. He was literally brainwashed to do those things. Oh, man. But I would not be surprised if they went in that direction. They totally will. Oh, man, I'm predicting it. Helen Berger, what's going on, dude? Glad to have you back. Thursday Warrior says, Hank Azaria has finally apologized for supporting structural racism by voicing a poo in the Simpsons. Yeah, dude. Thursday Warrior, I heard about that. Yeah, but you haven't. Uh, Hank Azaria, who, by the way, is a jerk in real life. I Actually, I saw, this is back when I was in college. Uh, he was in a play called The Farnsworth Invention, It was about the invention of radio and how there was a lot of debate over who actually invented it. And it it deals with all the intricacies of it. He was in the show. He was very good in the show. And so what I did a lot in college was I did the stage door, right? So you wait with your playbill at the end for the stage door, for the actors to come out. And then you can talk to them, get their autograph, take pictures typically, right? And all that kind of thing. So there's maybe like six of us waiting for him it was a pretty cold night it was an off night so not a lot of people were there and also it's tank again there's a lot of fans of his but he's not a megastar so there were six of us there and so as he signed the playbill i'm like hey can i get a picture with you and he just goes no i can't it's like no i'm not gonna take pictures because if i take one picture i gotta take a hundred pictures so he used the fact that there were other people there who might ask him to have a picture taken which again was about six of us as a reason not to Whereas Sir Patrick Stewart, when I got to see him in Hamlet, no, Macbeth, I got to see him in Macbeth, and he played Macbeth, and he was brilliant. It was an amazing production. Um, when I asked him for a picture, he was like, son, I am far past the age of taking photos. I was like, I can respect that. You're like, I'm too old to take photos with people, so I'm not going to take photos with people. I'm like, Okay. Whereas Hank Azaria could have said that, could have said, I don't do photos, but instead made it up an excuse. Anyway, Hank Azaria was also was agitated, etc., but it is what it is. But anyway, I will say this much. If you are on Twitter, um, the great John Cleese had the perfect reaction, had the perfect response to this apology. So again, if you if you don't know, he apologized, Hank Azaria apologized for, voic- for voicing Apu. So, John Cleese puts this tweet out, and this was earlier today. He says, Not wishing to be left behind by Hank Azaria, I would like to apologize on behalf of Monty Python for all of the many sketches we did making fun of white English people. We're sorry for any distress we may have caused. Brilliant. Brilliant, John Cleese. Uh, he has been truly a warrior uh, against the woke agenda, he's been very anti woke. And it's been fantastic to watch. Uh, Brian Barr says, I don't get it. What's the Harry Potter musical about? Why did it taint it for you? Watch it and find out for yourself. Again, by taint, that doesn't mean it ruined it. Again, what's the Harry Potter musical about? It's about Harry Potter. It's literally Harry Potter as a musical. But they take some creative license and it's hilarious. Uh, Super says, speaking of her, why do you think Phoebe Phoebe Waller-Bridge has become such an industry darling recently? There are other people who do what she can, aren't there. Uh, I think it's just because she hit the right place at the right time. She was in Solo and played a character that a lot of the woke people loved. She was, also, she's done this show called Fleabag, which apparently a lot of the woke people like. I have not seen it myself, so I can't judge it myself. But it supposedly is a comedy I question that, but again, I haven't seen it, so I can't say for sure, and so I think that it's just been all the right times and all the right places, and sometimes people just do it. Uh, People who are marginally successful in the industry, who tell the line and toe the company line and and, and preach the woke agenda, they they get chosen and, and they get promoted. That's just typically the way it goes. Pat S says, a buddy I used to teach with got the bug and has been on a vent for the last 23 days. He was teaching and coaching at a local Catholic high school and they don't, they don't pray for him daily because it may upset the boys. Really? Are you kidding me, Pat S? That's awful. That's when you do pray because that guy needs prayers more than ever. So what you're doing, by by doing that, you're limiting the number of prayers that that guy can receive. That's a terrible idea. It's a terrible thing to do. And uh, very sorry to hear that. I mean, that's awful. It's one of those, those terrible cases you hear about. It's, it's rare, but there are cases where people are hit really hard by the illness. And, um, man, well, I, I'll pray for your friend, uh, Pat S. And, again, I'm very sorry to hear that the school is not. And, again, that's very... That's very non-Catholic. I don't know what school did that, but that's very non-Catholic. Hardwick says, I don't consider Apex leader evil. All he wanted was to make humans the dominant species on the planet again. He didn't intentionally kill anybody. They have him act evil, but he's really not. Exactly. Like, they make him act evil. Mikey Martinez, No Time to Die can either be a Casino Royale Skyfall or Quantum Solace Spectre. It's two for two. I'm trying to be cautious with the movies nowadays, though. No, 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 no. Uh, Mikey Martinez, I don't know if you've been following it, dude, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge has come on to re- to rewrite part of the movie, and they've gone a record to say t- to fit the Me Too era. So James Bond is, I think we can at this point say, factually going to go woke, and so it's not going to be good. For that very reason. And there's a lot of other things that they've done, too, that are questionable. However, I would not ever put Quantum of Solace on the same level as Spectre. Spectre's not that great, especially in comparison to... I mean, let's just be honest here. Casino Royale is, like, here. It's off the screen. And then you have Skyfall, which is at the top of the screen. Very, very good. But Casino Royale is just that much better. Spectre falls maybe, like, to the halfway point. It's It's okay. It's fine. And then you have Quantum of Solace, which is not even on the screen down here. That's how bad that movie is. So, I, yeah, I don't think it's fair to, to put those two in the same category, personally. And I can say right now, No Time to Die is not going to be in that first category. Hypernext 13 says, I heard Mortal Kombat wasn't good from early reactions, but the good news is Joe Taslim as Sub-Zero and uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion were the best parts. Well, I figure a lot of us were going to know that anyway. Um, but again, early reactions are a fickle thing because again, who's watching it? Are we talking about the access media? Cause if it's the access media who are hating on it, it means it's probably a damn good movie because the access media will only praise movies. If it fits their agenda, if it fits their agenda, or if the people attached to the projects fit their agenda, they will support it day and night. But if the early reactions are coming from them, it probably means it's a good movie. It wouldn't surprise me if it's one of those movies where like the, the snooty establishment types don't like it because it doesn't fit their standard of what a good movie is. But the audiences are like, no, this is exactly what we wanted. We just wanted a lot of fun fighting. And the story doesn't have to necessarily be the best story in the world. It just has to be simple and work. And that's what ma- will make most people happy. That That's what I imagine the film is going to be based on what we've seen. Rosie G12 says, Odin, have you seen Jason and the Argonauts? I have not. Godzilla, for the uh, bits of King of the Monsters, they show motion capture of Godzilla and Ghidorah. I don't know if that's true or not, though. I haven't seen it for myself. Uh Sharon Ferguson! Sharon! Sharon! Sharon Ferguson! Sharon, what's going on? Long time no see. Glad to see you here. Snort Poop is... I got so tired of being harangued when I worked at the library by mothers wanting the last, the latest Harry Potter book that I banned Harry Potter from my life. Oh, no. Pat S says, when I read a book, it becomes a movie in my head. I'm pretty sure that I have some kind of disorder, but I'm cool with it. No, I think that's what a lot of people experience. I don't. Uh, I have ADD, and so for fictional works, very hard for me to get into. That's why... I need the movie, or I've been able to find a way around it by getting the audiobooks. So audiobooks I can do fiction with. What I've recently figured out last week when I was off from school was that non... And I knew this already. I just don't think I ever put two and two together. I can sit down and read nonfiction. So I've been doing a lot of reading, and I've been buying a lot of books. So I'm actually really, really excited Uh, for the summer because I'm going to have a lot of things to read. So I've recently been reading Infiltration by Dr. Uh, Taylor Marshall. Uh, It goes into – and this is stuff I never knew before, but he actually has – like this was witness testimony given to Congress. And it's that communists in Russia confirmed – and this is a former communist agent confirmed – that they had gotten at least a thousand or so communist agents into the priesthood and that and the same person later confirmed that they got at least four of them to the level of cardinal and that's that's as far as I am right now but I was just when I was reading it I was like no there's the citation oh this is from an actual hearing right this is from the house on american American activities committee so this is a former Russian agent who gave testimony to this. So obviously, could she be lying? Sure, but I mean, what do you got to lose at that point? Anyway, so I've been reading Infiltration. It's been fantastic. I was able to read a book by uh, Father Ripiker on tradition, which was also fantastic. I've also recently got my hands on the the Catechism of the Council of Trent, which I'm very excited to uh, to start to try and adapt and put into my, to my teaching. Uh, a couple other really cool books that are references. Oh, I got... Voice in the Wilderness, which features all of the letters that have been written by Archbishop Vigano um, over the last few years. So it's a collection of all of his different talks and all these different things. So I'm very excited to actually sit down and read through it because I haven't read a lot of what he said. So I'm very intrigued by that. And then um, I picked up – there are three other books by Dr. Taylor Marshall that I got, and it's his uh, Catholicism series. So it's Catholic Perspective on Paul – Uh, And then there's a couple others I forget the titles of. But the ones that are on their way, I'm probably most excited about. So for one, there is the Popes Against Modern Errors. And so it includes 16 papal documents. So obviously, I know I could access those online. But to have it in book form, I'm excited for. It's going to have essentially the Popes throughout history. Mostly, I imagine, Pius X, who was very much against modernism, speaking out of against modern errors in the church. But from the past. So it will be fun to go into Um, also, uh, I got the next Pope, the leading Cardinal candidates by Edward Penton. And I'm excited about that because it's giving basically a profile of all of the major Cardinals that are likely to be, uh, possibly elected in the next conclave. And it breaks down where they stand on certain issues. So I'm actually excited to know who our Cardinals are, who the ones that are likely going to be the next Pope will be because Pope Francis himself has even said he doesn't think he'll have a very long pontificate. A lot of people think that he'll he might step down the next couple years. Uh, I was talking about I was talking with this with uh, one of my uh, teacher friends earlier. I think honestly uh, he would have stepped down or would be talking about stepping down more if um, if uh, Benedict XVI wasn't still alive. I think that once Benedict XVI passes away. That is when Pope Francis will more likely be in the position to step down. I honestly do think that that is going to happen because he's kind of indicated that he's had that interest and that he doesn't think his pontificate will be very long. So again, I'm very excited just to know because you know you always hear right away when when they announce the people and those initial news reports about who they say the front runners are. So it'd be cool to kind of have like a early view, right? Because we're still probably a few years out from the next conclave at least. And so just to be able to have an idea of who's up in the run, I don't know, it's kind of cool. But anyway, Edward Penton did a, a whole breakdown of these different cardinals. And then also a book by Roberto de Mattei, which I've heard great things about. It's called The Second Vatican Council, An Unwritten Story. And it goes into not only the Vatican, Second Vatican Council, but also goes into the history before, during, and after of the behind the scenes based on, on reports from a bunch of people. So I'm actually really pumped. Uh, to get that. Oh, okay, here's the other books I got from Taylor, uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall. The Eternal City, Rome and the Origins of Catholic Christianity, and then Crucified Rabbi, Jude- Judaism and the Origins of Catholic uh, Christianity. So I'm actually, I have so much stuff to read this year. I'm very, very excited. Uh, speaking of reading, uh, the Tweaky Kid, thank you for the five dollars. a super chat, says, Have you read Windswept House by Malachi Martin? I've heard about Malachi Martin from the podcast and, and uh, groups that I listen to. But I, I actually haven't. But when I saw that, I noticed it was a novel. And so it was fictional. But I know that a lot of his work apparently is based or potentially based on real stuff. Um, but it's still a novel. So I, I'm still like, I've thought about po- possibly getting that, giving that a try. But I don't know enough about it. So let me know in the regular chat if you can. Alright, back to the regular YouTube chat. Actually, Daniel Thorne. What's going on, Daniel Thorne? He says, yay, books for Odin. I thought he didn't like reading. Yeah, so as I said, since you since you just uh, jumped in, um, it's not that I don't like reading. It's that my ADD makes it difficult for me to get into fictional stories. Like my my brain cannot create the the worlds that are built by the words on page. So I, I do better with uh, audiobooks with that. But with nonfiction, I can take notes, and it makes sense to take notes, right? And I've always had a more historical mind anyway, um, but it's pretty good. All right, Uh, Father Christopher Miller says, you know I have a dark sense of humor and I love the death of Stalin. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad movie per se. I'm just saying that I didn't find it funny and so therefore I didn't like it because it was supposed to be funny. Uh, Super says, I really have to try and finish in Bruges. After hearing it praised, I went in kind of hyped. I think I made it a third of the way and think I smiled twice. Yeah, You have to endure with that movie till the end because, oh man, it's just so many great moments. And uh, Godzilla 54, no problem at all, man. Just be careful. Uh, Harwick says, Waller Bridge created a woke show called Fleabag, which made her an industry darling. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. There was a high-profile article saying she had supplanted Lena Dunham as the voice of a generation. Well, Lena Dunham is not in their praises anymore because she admitted a lot of really bad things about herself. Uh, Soul Assassin. So did you see the Army of the Dead trailer? looks awesome. And Zombie Tiger. I have not actually seen that. Father says, Ron Livingston was in office space. Ah, yes. Well, I looked up a picture of his, so... Hardwick says, Kyler Chandler always reminded me of a young James Best in the years when he was on the Andy Griffith Show. James Best. Let's see what he looks like. Yeah, I can see it. I can see what you're talking about. There's definitely a similarity there. Alright, we got a few minutes left. Actually, sorry, we got six minutes left, so... I'll be switching over to members' comments only pretty soon. Mike Martinez Black Panther's a solid, although overrated movie, but CGI at the end is the equivalent to a PS8, PS2 game. Exactly. The PS2, so that, again, so you can't praise the visual effects because those visual effects are terrible. And also, Black Panther is not a solid movie. It's a B movie at best. Uh, Thursday Warrior says If Godzilla weren't so tall, you could see his yar- <laughs> Yarmulk. Sharon Ferguson, I found some really old silent movies over at Odyssey. Nice, yeah. Uh, one of the cool things about Odyssey is that I imagine that there's probably a lot of, um, oh, what's the word for it? Public domain stuff uh, that you can find over there. RosieT12 says, I'm a diehard Terminator 1 fan, better story. Sorry, um, but you're wrong. T2 is better. You're wrong. <laughs> Alice McCarthy says rampage would be awesome. If it had a 50 foot stone cold versus a 50 foot rock dude. Speaking of wrestling and watch WrestleMania, very underwhelming dude. I mean, I, I, I like at least that they've made Roman reigns a heel, but the fact that he won against Daniel Bryan and, um, and edge is ridiculous. Gosh. It's like, even as a heel, people don't like him, not because he's a heel, but because he just, he can't wrestle. I feel bad for him, right? My heart went out to him when he was struggling with cancer, but I'm sorry. That doesn't make him a good wrestler. Uh, Pat S says, uh, Terminator 1 is pure sci-fi. T2 is an action film, a really good action film. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. It's kind of going back to the, the, the debate that we have always over Alien or Aliens. Once again, I think Aliens is a better movie because Aliens is an action movie. So I like T2 and Aliens better than their originals because I like action movies. Whereas for Alien, it's more of a horror movie, and in Terminator One, it's more of a sci-fi movie, and and those aren't bad genres necessarily, but they're not they're not uh, as good for me. Brian Barr says, "Fun fact about T two, you know who the original villain was? It was Kyle Reese. Interesting. Uh, The Wake Down. Have you ever heard of Russian Ark? It was a two thousand two film, not a great film." But it's a 96-minute single take. Every time they goof, the actors reset and began filming again from Square Run. No, I haven't. Uh, but that actually sounds kind of fun. Thursday Warrior says, Hugh Jackman was great in Oklahoma. PBS used to show it every once in a while. Yeah, again, the guy was in on Broadway. Broadway singer, man. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. So much good stuff. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. You're welcome. Anyway, Daniel Thorne over on Live says, I read Malachi Martin's keys of this blood, and he hinted at the devil infiltrating the Vatican. Yeah, well, I mean, Paul VI Pope Paul VI himself said the smoke of Satan had entered the church. So that concept has been around for a long time. Hibernate 13. They just make they should make a movie about the town Port Chatham in Alaska. Apparently something kept killing the locals there to the point where they all moved. Woods there dense and isolated. Damn son. I bet it's animals though. Let's just be honest. I bet it's animals. Uh, the wake down said, I think Odin just had a stroke. Wait, what? What happened? When did I have a stroke? Forever Sci-Fi. We need a Room and Cats crossover movie. Oh, hi, Kitty. Yes. Harwick says, have you ever seen The Boy from Oz? I saw a clip on YouTube and was surprised. Not because Jackman sings, but because he acts so effeminate in it, it makes Jim Parsons look like John Wayne. <laughs> I've never actually seen it, but yeah, that's kind of the purpose of the character he plays. I know enough about it to know that much. All right, we are getting close to the end, so we will have to switch over to members-only comments. So, again, apologies if you left a comment before this time, but that's just the way it goes towards the end. Godzilla 54, sorry. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, I thought Robert uh, Game from Benson was a good phantom. I don't know if I've seen him. Rosie G12 says, talking Tina was terrifying. Yes, talking there, not about our lovely Tina Empress of the Universe, but about the Twilight Zone episode. Uh. <laughs> Alright, Forever Sci-Fi says, Jaws was bad, but critters made me paranoid every time the lid was down on the toilet. Ooh, luckily I never saw that as a young kid. Rosie G12, watching Cats the movie is like punishment. Um, If you mean that punishment is balls. Andrew Hoyle, haven't watched a single second of Falcon and the Falcon Sidekick show and have no interest in watching it after falling for the trash of WandaVision. Andrew Hoyle, I don't blame you at all, good sir. That is a great decision on your part. Thirsty Warrior says, Since I eschew self-loathing, uh, eschew self-loathing I have no desire to watch Cats. Plus, I'm not really much of a Lloyd Webber fan. I've seen a lot of his work on stage. Well, I would say if you want to see Jellicle cats in a Jellicle way. Jellicle, Jellicle, in Jellicle hey. If you want to see that, I recommend cats. <laughs> uh, Mark63366, welcome to the chat, man. the uh, 55 says, Speaking of celebrity pictures, at a Star Wars celebration many years ago... Anthony Daniels walked the floor and very graciously stopped on his own and took a picture with our oldest child. Meant a lot. That's awesome, man. And didn't have to do that. Rosie G twelve says, "I think that icky Fleabag show has a storyline where she seduces a priest." Um, no thanks. Doesn't sound entertaining to me. Yeah, I've never actually watched it myself, but when you say that, I don't, <laughs> don't want to watch it. Can't can't say that has me interested at all. <laughs> Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, didn't Azaria play an Egyptian with a speech disorder in Night at the Museum too?" I think he did. I think he's got some splaining to do. Uh, NG1TV. Thank you for the $10. Super chat says, get Disney. What? What do you mean, get Disney? Uh, Your Muslim uncle says, Sufi mom said, hi, Odin. Well, hello, Sufi mom. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh Poopa says who was Commodalus the one with Dr. Emo bad guy? Yeah, he was the one that was not a convincing bad guy and I want to say his main power and fighting skill was yelling and screaming like a banshee running towards James Bond. That's all I can remember. I I think I've only seen that movie once because that's all I ever wanted to watch of it. I was like, okay, one and done. I'm this is it. Speaking of James Bond, my wife and I further along into the James Bond era we watched the oh that we watched the one with george was landsby man that was not a good movie that was not good at all he's not terrible it's just the movie wasn't very good and so now we're in the roger moore batman i'm uh, sorry not about batman we're in the roger moore era we're about three movies into that my wife is not a fan because in her words the, the writing has gotten a lot more sexist than it was originally she's like i could take some sexism but now it's gone too far and I, I guess see her point to an extent, but I, I'm still enjoying them. Uh, I, I think the the quality has jumped up. We just got done with the movie that introduced the Jaws. Uh, the great villain. Hibernatex13, thank you again for being here, man. But I am at members-only comments. Members only? Unless, of course, it's uh the Twiki kid who's answering my question. Because I told him to leave a comment. Uh, Rosie 12 says, the commies infiltrated everything. Read Witness by Whitaker Chambers, which is nonfiction. He was a former commie who turned and gave testimony at HUAC, and it is beautifully written. Yeah, again, it. it I just never realized a th- over a thousand priest, communist agents. That's just, again, that's crazy. And then, again, same woman went on to say four cardinals. Thursday Warrior, what a lovely evening for movie reviews and Catholic minu- uh, minutiae while it rains outside. Well, I hope that you enjoy that. Thursday Warrior, thank you again for the support. Uh, Thursday Warrior says Lena Dunham got ripped by the woke for creating a plus size clothing line that only went up to size 24. <laughs> Sharon Ferguson, y'all know what else would bolster a freedom argument? reading Thomas Sowell's Basic Economics. I use that for homeschooling, and even I learned a lot. Yeah, Thomas Sowell, from what I've heard, is pretty solid. I've actually never read his work, to be honest. Hardwick says, I loved, I looked up to see if it's true there's motion capture, uh, if there's there's motion capture in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And it is indeed true. They even had three guys doing the performances for Ghidorah's Three Heads. Interesting. I didn't look good. Alice McCarthy says, yep, I'm I going for Edge. Yeah, uh, that would have been nice. Kara Tharp says, Trapped in Hitler's Hell is a good book. It's about a Jewish girl who becomes a Christian during the Holocaust. Interesting. Interesting. Remember, sci-fi. Black Panther made me mad because its plot was so generic. I got furious when they went to that OMG he is dead moment when he was thrown over the cliff. So unoriginal and predictable. I agree. I think there were a lot of issues with that movie. It wasn't total... Garbage, but it was definitely not, not solid, I don't think. Um, Let's see. All right, Chaz dumped on me again, but I am still on members-only comments. It's at 8.11 now in the chat, so some comments may have been skipped. But again, we are at the end. Batman Through the 5, speaking of celebrity, wait, no. No comments were skipped. I've already gotten that one. Thank you all for just naturally um, slowing down. I always appreciate it. Um let's see where did we leave off with the chat? I'm I'm not as behind as I thought I was. <laughs> there we go. Snorta Poop is Cuber claps. <laughs> Father says, Should do a live stream commentary view party of the room. Very tempting to do it. Uh you're talking about you doing it, Father, because that'd be funny to see a priest watch that. Sarah Ferguson, although I have to say I don't think I'm really a horror fan, I'm having a hard time with something like Dark Shadows. Uh, the show may... I haven't seen the show. I've heard great things about it, but oh, man, um, the movie with Johnny Depp was terrible. Father says, Hank Azaria, great with Simon Pegg in the 2007 British comedy run Fat Boy Run. I've heard good things about it. I've actually never seen it. Andrew says, Robert Moore was Batman. What? You know, I I... Uh, Father Christopher Miller, your wife's not gonna like Octo Kitty. <laughs> yeah, we just finished uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, so uh, yeah, <laughs> Father, I'm not, I'm I'm not surprised by that. Forever Sci-Fi, Jaws was a great villain, but Moonraker was not a good movie. Uh, we haven't gotten to that one yet. Thursday Warrior says Thomas Soul. I recommend starting with a conflict of visions. Okay, some people might need to give me a list of that. Father says, "Read the shadow of his wings." The story about how Father Carl Garyn Goldman was forced into the SS and was able to retain his faith. What? That's crazy, man! All right, well, that are all the me- that's that are all that's all the members' comments. So let me go ahead and shout out my members really quick who are at the five dollar level and above. So shout out to Window Liquor, your Muslim uncle, Kara Tharp, Air Jewett, Rich the Savior, Dad Man Walking Fifty Five. M. Tax Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, FCC 2014, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K., Orange at Reviews, Adam Avery, The Bosco 2000, Twirly Wolf, J. Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Daniel Thorne, thanks for holding down the fort over on DLive. Unfortunately, not a lot of people over there tonight, so no chest opening on DLive tonight. But thank you again, Daniel Thorne, for the support over there. Shout-out to Tina and Steph, my Valks, for holding down the fort over on YouTube. Tina, again, contact me about the Chromebook and let me know how I can help provide for a an upgrade to that. It would... Uh, Be my pleasure. Um, So, Forever Sci-Fi, Rose, EG12, Slicer Neons, to Hobbit, uh, Keck44, The Wake Down. Everybody, thank you for being here. You are all amazing and beautiful people. Tomorrow, I'll be filming the podcast with John the flickinger. So, if you are a member on Subscribestar or Patreon or YouTube membership at the Keeper, the Bifrost level or above, check out the Community tab. If you're on YouTube, check out the regular... um, post section on patreon and subscribe star you can leave your questions over there and we will answer those questions tomorrow night um, in our recording of the podcast which we do also record as a video as well so anyway you guys are all amazing and beautiful people as it says in the chat it indeed is still easter so happy easter everybody uh also captain heist thank you for being over on d live too Again, you guys are all fantastic. Blessed Easter continued through. Um, you guys are all amazing. And as always, hope you all have a wonderful night. And God bless. And now for a huge shout-out to all of my April Patreon and Subscribestar members. Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Biffer de Hobbit, Brian P., Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles Humor and Hobbies Inflamed Wood It A Trap Productions Jason Clark Jacob Juice Jeffrey Toon Jonathan Carney Lance Laura Story The Modern Major General Mike Jackson Mad Mitch Dunaway Mr. Peabody and his Evil Twin with the Beautiful Hair On to June Orange Hat Reviews Out of Step With Reality Priscilla Hall Riff Magos Rosetta Allen Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and of course the Empress of the Universe, Tina B. And my subscribe star remembers, remembers. Subscribestar remember- <laughs> I did it again. Subscribe star members, fast reaction. Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan for John B. Perpetual punster, Mr. Roy Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss slash the new number two. J-Rod, the Beer Guru, Navadan G Adams, and ZK-Man. Thank you to all of my Patreon and Subscribestar members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out the links in the description to find out how to sign up on Patreon and Subscribestar. Also, you'll find out how to get access to things like giveaways of Blu-rays and 4K titles and digital codes, and also access to an exclusive podcast for my Keepers of the Bifrost, and also the Chosen of Valhalla level, where you can not only get all of those things you also get a t-shirt and get to be featured on a live stream once a month hosted on the OMB reviews channel anyway if you want to have access to any of those things check out the links in the description for patreon and subscribe star for more information you guys are all amazing and beautiful people I hope you all have a wonderful day and as always god bless